Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. To work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. The BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am high above the Pepsi Center ice during the second intermission of the Avs Canucks game. I am joined, as always, by AJ Hayfley. Uh, two to one for the Avs right now. Uh, after two, some very, very questionable officiating going on tonight. Uh, the Avs honestly could have been up uh, four, maybe even five-one after one. Uh, <clears throat> but hey, they've got the lead heading into the third. That's all that matters, as, at least as of right now. But we are going to get into all of that in the third segment. As for right now, I want to have a discussion with uh, with you, AJ, about uh, about the story and the player you wrote about last night, who looks like he uh, might be up to his old tricks again tonight. AJ Greer. First of all, AJ Hayfley. What up? How are you? I'm good, man. Good. Life is awesome. Can't complain. <laughs> everything, everything is going really well. We talked about this after the first period. I was gonna say, life I, is dope, man. Yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out, Ryan Clark, coming up here, uh, chatting us up. Uh, AJ, tell me about AJ. Uh, well, you know, I went to, I went up to Loveland, obviously, for the first game of their two-game set against San Antonio and talked to him afterwards about, uh, you know, the night that he had. He had a three-point night, goal and two assists, and uh, talked to him about the demotion and kind of where he is mentally and how he's feeling about things. And now we're not I think it's fair to say he's pissed off. <laughs> we're not going to play the auto on here because... Uh you know, we've got some faithful subscribers who pay yeah. for that content, so we're not going to give away everything. And, hey, even if you're not a subscriber, we love you too. But uh, basically here, the, 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 what he said was, I mean, he said, I'm pissed off. I think he said it about, what, 800 times? It sure in, felt like it. In the it. four like, minutes that you spoke with him? I asked him, I asked him how he was about the game that he played. He gave me a sentence <laughs> and then veered off into, again, I'm just pissed off. And it wasn't, it wasn't, he made sure to say, hey, you know. I'm not pissed at the coaches. Right, I'm not, I'm not mad at the abs. I'm mad that I'm in the AHL. Right. I'm mad at the situation. 
They said I did great. I just have to get my way back there. I have to just keep believing. I have to keep working hard. I just have to get there. And it's, I mean, it's a great attitude to have. You can't really complain too much about that the kid is driven. And, you know, he ended that interview and he just said, look, I'm frustrated because I'm so close. Yeah. I'm so close. And it was hard, it was hard to convey in the story that I wrote exactly how he sounded. Maybe we'll when, play that part. When, when he talked about how close he was and, and he was, I want this so badly for myself. You know, I, I'm right on the verge of it. I, I, I want to be in the NHL. And, you know, it's got to be tough for him. You know, I don't, I don't think he's sitting around looking at it like, well, Gabe Burke is, you know, he's not looking at it like everybody on Twitter or Avs, Avs fans on the Internet are looking at it where they're, right. you know, they're looking at Gabe Burke and they're like, kid me with this? They're, they're, yeah, I'll say they're looking at it and they're thinking, uh, they're thinking that, that Jared Bednar is saying Gabe Bork is better than A.J. Greer. And I don't think that's necessarily what's being said. Sure. And I, I did ask Jared Bednar at Morning Skate this morning about it. I said, hey, I talked to A.J. last night. He's pissed. You know, he's pretty disappointed. What is what does he need to do? You know, what do you what do you need from him to see, you know, to see from him in order mm-hmm. for him to stay here and be an be an F. And Bedner, you know, summed it up and he said, I need to see it every night. I need to see that consistency. Uh, you know, the Winnipeg Winnipeg game, he was great. Which I think hasn't has that not been our complaint as well? Yeah. About no, him? I, and I, I don't think he's wrong. Like, I, I, my, my, my issue was that he was trending up. Right. He was starting to find, he was starting to find his footing in games. Uh, he was generating offense. He was getting shots on goal. He was doing things that the fourth line hasn't done for three months. Right. You know, and the fourth line looked totally different. It looked re-energized. It, it looked. Well, it looked it, like you it, had three guys playing that were trying to carve out an NHL rule. Right. And, and, you know, I'm. I'm to be honest with you, I'm fine with Agazino not being here. I'm fine with Agazino going back you, down. You and I talked about that the other night uh, um, privately about it's like, yeah, like you know, it sucks for him. Like right. I feel, and and if I'm Agazino, I'm also looking around saying, what more can I do? Right. But there were some things that showed up in Agazino's game. Um, I could go back and I could, I won't because it's not worth it to prove <laughs> a point. But I could go back and we could break down the tape. There were some big breakdowns in Agazino's game. I thought way more justified. Now, in his defense, he's being asked to play center, which isn't something he's really ever done consistently in his pro career. He's been a wing forever. Right. You know, and now he is he is playing center for the Eagles a bit. But, again, at 28 years old, you know, you're asking this guy to do something. And that and that takes on a big role. Things change quite right, a bit right, when right. you move into the middle, you know. And some guys, well, it's and good. Especially some you guys, move it's into, bad. You move into the middle at the next level, too. And that's, that's, a, that's another level of uh, – complexity i guess you could call it uh aj greer said that he thinks he's right on the cusp yeah right on the cusp what does aj hayfley think i think i think he's running out of time more than anything else man because you know you look ahead to next year if that ottawa pick is top two that guy's in the nhl i know that you know we we're going to talk a lot about jack hughes and all that but if it's if they get jack hughes or capo cacao that guy's in the nhl if they get Dylan Cousins, there's a chance that guy's in the NHL. Right. Like, there's there's a very legitimate chance that whoever they end up taking with that Ottawa pick ends up in Denver next year. Right. 
You've got that guy. Martin Kaut's going to push for a job. They're probably going to go out and get involved in the free agent market and go get another forward. You know, maybe they even bring back Derek Broussard. He's looked good through five periods. Yeah. That's obviously very premature with 18 <laughs> games after this to go. That's but, funny. hey, maybe they bring that guy back. We'll talk a little bit about him second segment. Yeah. But point being is is the numbers game is going to get real hard in that forward core. You know, they're – Shane Bowers. What if if they sign Shane Bowers? What do you do? Right. You know Vladislav Kamenev. What do you do? He's proven himself to be an NHL player too, yep. albeit smaller sample sizes. But as a fourth line center, which has kind of been their bugaboo this year, you know Sheldon Dries has kind of snuck his way and stayed in the lineup simply because of the center thing. Well, how much you know when when Vladislav Kamenev went out, everyone was like, oh, that kind of sucks for him. You know, but how much of a difference has that made? It's made a difference. It's made a definite difference. You know, Kamenev was starting to find his legs in a lot of different areas, and he was a guy that was uh, winning faceoffs. So this this weekend's a bust, huh? Staying in all week. Come out Friday night with me, and then we'll. Uh, <laughs> Evan will just yeah, and then after permit. that, I'll see you in a few days, dude. <laughs> the weather for the weekend came up here on the jumbotron. I'm sorry, I completely. Oh, cut it's you off. a it's a countrywide thing, by the way. That's another Arctic freeze. It's oh, is through. it really? Yeah. I was looking at the the map yesterday, and it was like. I think they said 90% of the, uh, the the United States, like, you know, the actual Continental. United States. Yeah, the 48, uh, is is going to be facing significant uh, temperature drops. Of course. And it's Denver's actually on the outside edge of that, like, just <laughs> on the outside edge of, like, the cold, cold, cold. So, uh, uh, but anyway. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think Greer's running out. He's running out of time. Well, it's the same that we talk about with some of the younger guys on the blue line. Well, and, and shit, I, I, shoot. <laughs> I, I, Matt Nieto, yeah. you know, who was playing really good hockey when he got hurt. Really consistent, really effective hockey. And, I mean, you're talking to those guys. Like, it's just going to get to be a bit of a numbers game. Uh, and that's even just internally, even if they don't dip into free agency, which they – they better. But we'll, whatever. <laughs> that we'll have like, plenty of time to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> like, even even if they don't, just internally right. between Cout, potentially Bowers, you know, wild card could be a guy like Cam Morrison. You know, if he signs after his junior year at Notre Dame, he's a big physical guy. All of a sudden, the big thing that AJ Greer has going for him, which is his uniqueness. You know that that there aren't very many of him in the AV system. Cam Morrison rolls in, all of a sudden. Hey, hey, hey! Com- that's competition for that exact job, and so it's, you know, and and while Greer is having a great year in the HL, and should be ahead of Cam Morrison, I'm just saying, that's it's, a guy that could give him more competition. It's another body for that job for that role that he plays, because one of the big things Greer has going for him is that. He is a he is a bigger guy that can that can lay the body and has some skill, and there's not a lot of competition for that. You know, Shane Bowers is a different kind of guy. Uh, Martin Kaut, higher skill guy, a little bit different. So it's just different, you know, different different style of play. Um, but if a guy like Morrison signs, it just adds more, right. you know. And this is what I'm saying: like he's running out of time. And this is before another draft class gets in. You know, this is before guys like Ty Lewis and Nick Henry start pushing for NHL time next year. You know, because I, I saw Ty Lewis last last night, and Ty Lewis still looks like a future NHL player to me. <laughs> Probably a bottom six guy, but, like, 
rang one off the post last night that everybody thought was in and just like the skill on that guy and yeah. and the oh, grittiness yeah. and everything that he's able to do like i my point is that i'm making here is that there's competition and that it's not going to get any easier and Greer's that he kind hasn't of- carved out that job now like look if they let gabe port go then cool there's an obstacle removed if if they stop giving Sheldon Dries the benefit of the doubt for having a good training camp, that's an obstacle removed. If Colin Wilson and Derek Broussard walk in free agency, those are more guys, those are more bodies out of the way. But internally, you're still going to be looking at some guys. The numbers game is not in his favor right now, and so he, he needs to be in a hurry. He's been first in line for a long time, and now he's starting to uh, – there's some company up at the front of the line. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we are going to uh, we'll have a little bit of a shorter segment for you as we're on a little bit of a time constraint here. But, hey, oh, that yeah. is all right. Uh, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley, three levels above the uh, Pepsi Center ice here at... Uh, Pepsi Center. <laughs> True. And uh, <clears throat> AJ, my first question for you uh, on the night. Semyon Varlamov, were you a little surprised that he got the start again tonight after the performance that Philip Grubauer turned in? No. It's pretty obvious they're in, uh, that look, Varley's their ride or die this year. Like, they they, they, they kind of tried to give it to, to Gruby, and he wasn't playing well, and he just didn't take the job when he had the chance. Uh, Varley's played well. He's turned that turned that corner a bit, and you're feeling good about him again. And hey, you're you're gonna you're gonna probably ride with him for the rest of the year. Soft not, one, not to say he's the guy every night, but probably five out of six the rest of the way. We might see Gruby two or three more times, and that's it. So I don't remember who it was that asked us on Twitter a couple weeks ago, but this is a little bit of the nightmare scenario that we laid out. In the no. summer, yeah? Where, all right, so here you brought in your guy to be the guy of the future because your, your guy who's on a, uh, an expiring contract is just that, on an expiring contract, nope. a little bit older, injuries, and Semyon Varlamov has, has come out, and I, I don't know, do you say that Varley won the job or did Grubauer lose it? Varley won it. I mean, look, dude, I mean, Varley... You look at every statistical breakdown that you can, Varley's significantly outplayed. There's a big gap there. So When did that gap form, though? Just a couple weeks ago? No, because remember, I mean, don't forget, Varley played really well the first month of the season. And so did Grubauer, though. And then he played okay. Grubauer never really found his footing. If you go back and you look at his starts, it was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the Carolina game, which really carried him statistically for 
the first couple months. And then when it went bad in December, I mean, it went bad. And there were there were some good moments, you know, like he played well in the Chicago game uh, here at home before they were back-to-back. Uh, he played well in the Vegas game in Vegas uh, right after Christmas. Yep. Uh, but and got, obviously got he lit up in Arizona in between those, and that was kind of it. For every step forward, there were two steps back for him. Well, and so that was that was part of the reason why I was expecting to see him tonight. Great, turned in a a fabulous performance his last time out. Varley, you know, lost the game against Florida. I thought we were going to see him to see if he could take that next step forward tonight. I tell you what, I bet if the Avs. Boy, you know, I'd have to look at the schedule, try and find a time where I think it makes sense, because you want to. I, I fully expect. Um, let's say the Avs pull this out tonight. Um, I fully expect Varley to play both games uh, in California against San Jose and Anaheim. Like you're going to want to put your best foot forward against both of those teams. I could see them giving. Uh, see, you could say you could talk yourself into, into Anaheim because you're like, oh well, they're bad. But that's just more reason to play Varley. Yeah. Uh, another guy you mentioned in the last segment. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So what do you do? What do you do in the summer? You sign Varley. Well, what's your contract? Uh, I've said a couple of times I would give him, I would offer him two years at about four and a half to five million because his play. Now, we still have 19 games to go, and that's going to dictate plenty of this. That's a fourth of the season. So as, as much as it feels like we're at the end here, we still have a fourth of the season to go. Wow. And, <laughs> like, so there's still a lot. There's still a lot riding on how these guys perform down the stretch, but if Varley if Varley can f- get himself up into the nine seventeen, nine eighteen, nine six nine sixteen to nine eighteen range, you sign him. You give him a two year deal. Let him and Gruby kind of duke it out for the next couple of years. And you know Varley can't. For me, he can't justify getting anywhere near the six million he's making. No, no, no. Um, the play hasn't been strong enough, especially in a. What have you done for me lately kind of world? If the Avs missed the postseason this year, you're going to be able to look at the two months where Varley was playing at an 860 clip and say, That cost us. That's a big reason why. Uh, Obviously, as I'm sure you guys can hear, we're uh, running out of time a little bit here. Guy you mentioned in the last segment, Derek Broussard, early returns. What do you think? Good. Looks good. Looks rejuvenated. Need to see it over the long haul before you even consider. Right. Uh, bringing him back, but not does not look like a guy that was totally useless in Pittsburgh where he was, I mean, he was getting healthy scratched for the Pens. It was it was that, it, it had gotten that bad for him there. Um, good start. Needs to needs to continue. Uh, and you need the production. You can't just have good process with no right. production. You could sign Colin Wilson for a million dollars for that. <laughs> you know, so um, not even going to consider any of that until you see what he does. Well, and what you like about him is he puts pucks to the net. Well, and he's smart. Yeah. You know, he's made a lot of good decisions. He's cr- created a great scoring chance for Zadorov in that second period. Z just missed the net. But, I mean, process is good. He's doing a lot of good things. Needs to continue. It's, a, it's, an, it's an encouraging start, but it's been five periods. This La- is like... This is like when guys got too amped up about Andrew Hammond last year. Or Sven Andrew Based on the Philadelphia game and the one playoff game where he did well and then ignored the part where he got completely lit up the next night. You right. know, like, you need to continue to see the results. Yeah, absolutely. 
I uh, I completely agree with you. I I think thus far it's that trade looks like it's like it's gone pretty well for the Avs to this point. Uh, five periods. Right. Like. Well, I was just about to say through through two or through one and two thirds game. Uh, all right. Well, we're just a few seconds here from uh, from puck drop for the third period. So we're gonna get out of this segment. We're gonna watch the game. We're gonna go downstairs, do our thing, and then uh, we'll have a little bit of post game stuff for you guys. Puck is down here in the third period. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. All right, guys, before we get into this third and final segment, we have to tell you about this game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and A.J. Hayfleet in a much quieter Pepsi Center uh, for this segment. A.J.'s finishing up a couple uh, couple things on, on uh, as far as written content goes for you guys. He's got uh, to get his takeaways up. I did grades tonight. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll have already seen the grades. AJ's doing all that. AJ's doing all of that right now. He's doing the dirty work that no one, me, wants to do. I'd rather just sit here and talk into this microphone. Much easier, uh, much more my skill set. Talking. Just talking a lot. Uh, abs pull one out, folks. The abs pulled one out, and here's the best part about it. Here's... Here's maybe the most surprising part about it. If you didn't see the game, let's face it, at this point, if you haven't seen it by now and you're listening to this, you're not going to watch it, or you already know the outcome. The Avs win 3-2 to two in a shootout. Carl Soderberg finally breaks the uh, overtime losing streak 
The Avs were were one and twelve in the in uh, overtime in the shootout. Carl Soderberg, Semyon Varlamov, and Miko Rantanen did their part in the shootout to help break that slump. Let's uh, let's go back. So again, this is a I told you guys a couple weeks ago we're going to be experimenting with all types of different formats, all types of different things. So tonight. You got AJ and I in the press box during intermission, but we didn't talk much about the game. Thought we'd just kind of try to carry on as a regular podcast normally would. Uh, so, again, as always, let us know what you think. And if you guys have an idea for something you think you'd like to hear or a format you'd like, let us know. We're always looking. This is all for you guys. It's all for the listeners. You know, I tweeted today that the, the coverage for the Avs this town has never seen anything like what, what we're doing here at BSN. That's not me trying to pump our tires. It's not me trying to pat ourselves on the back. It's just true. I've, I've lived here. My family moved here before the Avs did, and, uh, and this is it. So we're always trying to make our coverage a, as great as we can for you. So if you guys have any suggestions on what you'd like for the podcast, let us know. While AJ finishes that up, and we really start digging into the meat and potatoes of all this. I'll kind of just give you a basic rundown of what we saw tonight uh, here at Pepsi Center. Very cold Wednesday night. They uh, they turned the AC on uh, in the third period up here in the press box. So it was a... Uh, yeah, not cool, guys. No, my lips were turning blue. Let's not do that. <laughs> uh, but so it was, it, was a, it was a pretty chilly third period. Uh, let's go all the way back. Puck drops. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go back that far. Uh, so <laughs> oh, no. AJ, AJ was going to was gonna roast me, but I think he spared me. Just decided to move on. <laughs> I don't have time. I don't, don't have time for these games. <laughs> I was about to get slammed. I could just see it, so I appreciate the mercy. Uh, a really strong first period for the Avs. Uh, Miko Rantanen, I think, was the only one who didn't enjoy that first period. Uh, he was offside. He was in the penalty box. He was on break. Seven seconds into the game, <laughs> he takes a penalty. He uh, he passed up a breakaway, and at first I was like, oh, what an idiot. Great pass. And then a pass right back. I was like, wow, what a great play. And then Miko missed a wide open net. Uh, honestly, I thought the Avs could have been up four, maybe even five to one after the first period. There were a lot of good things that you were seeing from from everyone uh, on the Avs. You know, I, I put in the, the game grades. I thought Sven Andrigetto was was very engaged tonight. He made a really nice pass to Nathan McKinnon to set up that first goal. And and Colin Wilson, you know, the Avs had two goals tonight. One, uh, who was it that finished? The, uh, oh, Miko. <laughs> Miko finished the other one that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But two really nice goals tonight that were created off great forechecking. And uh, in in Landy's case, I guess you technically call that back checking, but just really, really strong offensive zone pressure on the puck. Uh, in this case, it was Colin Wilson, persistent, pursuing the puck here in his first game back, uh, was able to uh, to pull it loose, uh, got it over to uh, Andrew Ghetto, and and again, I thought he made a really, really nice play, getting that puck to Nathan McKinnon, who has really started to to shoot the puck a lot more. From the, the quote-unquote Ovechkin spot on the ice, which is that, that face-off circle off to the right of the goaltender. He thought that was funny, too, that I referred to it as that. As the Ovi spot? Yeah, when I talked to him. Well, it's it's going to pretty soon become the uh, the McKinnon spot. 
Yeah, you're coming for him. That's what, four or five goals uh, from that spot? McCann's only, what, 500 goals behind? Mm, Something like that, right in that ballpark. But, no, I mean – Good luck, Nate. (laughs) That's that's a spot that we've talked about for a long time as, hey, Nate needs to step up and shoot there because he's got the kind of shot that's dangerous from there. And, uh, and he's really starting to lean into it. So it was a, it was a good good first period for the Avs. They they came out of it. Uh, what was it? Two to one or one to one after the first. Either way, they could have come out of it with way more goals than they had. This team. Two to one. It was two to one after the first. Uh, again, I thought it could have been <clears throat> at five least at least four to one, if not five to one. Uh, after I mean, Markstrom was. Awesome tonight. Let's like there's the Canucks got a point because of Markstrom. Nothing else. Yeah. Like let's don't play. No, nothing else got them a point tonight. Yeah, Jacob Markstrom was, and I honestly he thought both the goals too. <laughs> I he thought credit. I thought he was gonna stone McKinnon, Landy, and Rantanen in that shootout, and I was like, man, come on. Uh, when when Rantanen didn't score. He was like looking behind him. He was like, "Yeah, what? He, yeah." He thought he got it. A puck got by me. <laughs> Honestly, what is this voodoo. That that was that was what it seemed like in in the first. I didn't know if they were going to be able to beat him. Tonight. I thought it was going to be one of those games where Jacob Markstrom comes in and steals a shutout, and it's just all more. Uh, at this time of year, there are no moral victories, so that was a little a little nerve wracking. But but Nate got it going. The Avs come out of the first uh, with two goals. And, and they had the lead, and they sat on that lead all the way up until about three minutes left in the third period. A lot to like from, from the Avs tonight. I thought there were a couple guys that just blended in a bit, Eric Johnson, Tyson Berry. But what was great was I thought you got another really strong game out of Sam Girard. I thought you got another really strong game out of, out of Ryan Graves. So made up for it. Uh, you know, you had Nikita Zadorov, who I actually I didn't think he was good tonight. He was one of just a couple abs who I who I thought had an off night. But you had enough guys playing well, in my opinion, that, that it sort of, you, you could handle those guys blending in. Uh, you know, a couple of your bigger uh, names on the, on the blue line. You don't want to see that every night. Obviously, that doesn't, you don't want that to become a constant. But on a night like tonight where you have other guys, Making up for that, it's all right. Yeah, G is awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, that, sh- dude, that dude has been so good. Should we have a Gerard appreciation moment here? Sure. He's, he's, he's been awesome. great. Yeah. He, he's, you talked about it at the beginning of the year. of He's creating the space. Now let's see him do something with it. And I think that's most. that's a lot of what we've seen recently. He's yeah. doing something with it. Yeah, he's uh I mean he's tearing it up right now, man. I mean he's flying around, creating chances, doing all kinds of stuff. I've been I've been so impressed with him. It's eleven forty five PM The folks. last uh the last couple of games, man, he's he just looks like he's on a different planet. That uh the vision and what he's creating. It's funny because sometimes he creates by by shooting and other times he's he's looking to make nice uh, nice seam passes all over the ice. Um, I just I just feel like he's seeing the game 
at a at a different level offensively. Uh, he's he's his legs are, are are working, and you know when he's creating with his legs, he's it's obviously a good thing. It's one of his strengths, but the vision and everything everything else, the whole package that he brings, he's just been really really good, man. Like really good. He had a huge hit in the Florida game. He's engaged. He's skating. He got he got physical uh, tonight. You know, we even saw an overtime standing right in front of us in that corner. Uh, he bodied whoever it was. He was mm. Not as physical as Pavel Francouz got tonight, but physical <laughs> nonetheless. Um, AJ, what do you think of Varley tonight? I... I don't know if I, you'd call it critical, but in a second segment, I said, "Wow, I was a little surprised to see Varley go tonight." He stops five of six in the shootout and uh, and keeps them keeps them alive in overtime on a great save that it looked like they may have called a goal, uh, but it, had they said that it crossed the line before the whistle, there were like five other things wrong with it. Uh, <laughs> I told Ryan Clark that because the NHL, um, uh, we were standing next to each other in the tunnel as the it was going on. I told him that uh, because the NHL likes maximum stupid, it would go to a review. They would call it a good goal. Half the Avs people would, would challenge leave. for goaltender interference. They would reverse it. And uh, the only thing that could have uh, could have continued to get in there was the possibility that it was kicked. Well, so so I was what I was going to say was they would have called it a goal, challenge for goal interference, no goal, or no, excuse me, upheld. But now another review. He did kick it in. I was waiting for some craziness like that. There'd be 11 people left in the stands, and it'd be a really yeah. weird night. But Varley yeah, was great. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought Varley was, uh, I mean, I didn't love the first goal. I, uh, To be honest, I haven't seen a replay of it. So, uh, it was soft. Um, the second goal, I, it looks like everybody just sort of got crossed up. And, and you know, was, they ran a nice little play. Yeah. Colorado defended it poorly, and uh, Varley got beat on that one. I could, I can live with that. Like, that's some of those – sometimes you are going to get beat, and when it's not happening three other times in a game, you can live with that. And, I mean, five five stops on six uh, six shots in the in the shootout. I was just – I was just imagining the frustration – I was going to feel while we were watching that shootout unfold. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, Varley's going to give them four or five saves and they're going to lose this. <laughs> and people are going to be mad that Varley played or that Varley gave up a soft goal or Varley whatever. Right. That Varley exists, whatever it is. <laughs> and, like, McKinnon had a golden opportunity on the doorstep in overtime. Uh, he almost scored on a wraparound. Well, you and know, Colin Wilson almost won the game in regulation. He had yeah. the post on a wide open net. Yeah, on uh, Matt Calvert forechecking Markstrom behind the net, and that was that was the kind of night that it was for the Canucks, where they they got exceptional goaltending from Markstrom, and then a handful of really good bounces as well. Yeah, and because I went back after the game and and counted it real quick, I was able to pull up the uh the old twitter feeds from all the people who keep track of it four different posts tonight it was four huh? yeah four posts tonight for the is ads. that counting Derek broussard's post in the shootout five different posts tonight so you know that's <laughs> and the abs the abs overcame it we're not talking about that we're not talking about bad luck we're not talking about this that you know they got two points uh didn't happen in an ideal fashion but 
they played a much better game against Vancouver tonight than they did against Florida the other day, where uh, Florida and Colorado kind of engaged in a battle of like Blech. slop. It was both teams, both teams playing poorly and giving up chances and kind of hanging their goalies out to dry on different on different occasions. And uh, Luongo played great in that game. Uh, Markstrom was great in this one. But big reason, those those two guys are the biggest reasons, in my opinion, that Colorado's not sitting on four or four points right in these two games and had three or four instead, uh, which you never know when those points are going to come back to haunt you. They're in a tight race right now. Who knows? But they got the second point tonight and uh, a well-deserved one, man. I mean, they outplayed Vancouver pretty thoroughly. Uh, AJ, put a bow on this game for me so you we can see if you and I can make it out of here before midnight. We got nine minutes. Um, and that'll do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, honestly, man, I um, I really just don't. They played a great game. I honestly, I thought they played a great game. Um, Markstrom was really good. Uh, he had what four saves that I can think of off the top of my head, right on the doorstep. Oh, at least on 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 great abs on great abs chances. And then you have, like, Colin Wilson, Derek Broussard hitting posts. Uh, you know, there was one Markstrom – I don't remember the play, but Markstrom stopped the puck and it hit the post. And then it hit Markstrom. And then it bounced out, and you're like, okay. <laughs> like, it felt like it was going to be one of those nights, you know. And the Avs – you know, the Avs did let Vancouver hang around a little bit. I say let them like they allowed that to happen. You know, Markstrom dragged his team into relevance. Right. Um the Avs didn't really – they didn't do the turtle until way late in the game. And, you know, that's that's going to happen. Like, if you th- if you think you're just going to run another team out of the building for 60 minutes and you're in, in a, in a one-goal game and you're just going to lock it down and you're going to give up nothing off and on, on defense, like, you're kidding yourself. That's another NHL team out there. That's another team that needed points. That was a team that started to play with increased desperation at the end. And they, they, they showed it. They looked like a team that cared. Uh, that, that hasn't given up on themselves, hasn't given up on their season, is still playing for each other. And they had a they had a strong push there. Colorado gave up the goal and then got back to work. And, you know, I they probably should have won it in regulation a couple of different times. You don't love that they've blown two third-period leads in a row uh, and that the struggles on home ice continue. That they could have run both of these teams, uh, Florida and Vancouver, out of the buildings uh, with a little more finish. They could have. They could have easily walked out of that. Four points, tons of confidence, feeling good, riding a six-game win streak. Uh, instead, you know, you're still feeling pretty good. You got three of four. Right. And ultimately, if you get three of four in in down down the stretch, if you get three of four, three out of every four points in every in every two games set for the next eighteen games, <laughs> and you don't shape. and you don't make the postseason. Hats off to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. Uh... <clears throat> I had something to add, but I got super into what you were saying, and I completely forgot. Yeah. So uh, I think that'll be it. <laughs> that'll do it for us. Thank you guys so much for uh, for listening. AJ, I think that's it for you and I this week. Uh, AD should have the wheel tomorrow. On uh, podcast, yeah. AD, AD has a special guest coming up on Friday. I, I, s- I am really excited to listen to the show. So, so I, I said on the show I did last night, I've heard who we think it's going to be. Yeah. 
I don't know it for sure, so I'm not going to say anything. Right. We're not going to we're not going to jinx it, but I talked to him today. Uh he did he did confirm it. They are as of now it is it is locked down and in place, but of course until it actually happens and goes on anything can still happen. So here's us hyping you guys up for Getting you excited. what will we'll end up being AD having to do a show by himself at the last second. Yeah, and for the record, uh, my goal is for us to reduce the number of shows that we do on our own. Uh, I know some of you guys have left comments recently that, hey, you're not a huge fan of them. You under, you're understanding that schedules and things right now are, are particularly chaotic, and that's facilitating the need for them. But we, uh, we're definitely looking to... Well, like I said, at the limit of this the number of those. Segment. You, I mean, right? You know, you and I have talked about it a bunch. We're trying to figure out what the what the right mix of ingredients is for this. We get good feedback on some of those solo shows we do, but yeah, I think the, a lot of the feedback we've gotten recently is we like them not this much. Right? <laughs> like we we want to hear you guys. You, you guys have more or less made it clear that you guys want to hear us uh, together. And that's that's what we want to provide. Well, and that's what we like doing too. And yeah, and like we don't it's like it's, doing all, those it's shows by ourselves. It's absolutely our preference. Let me tell you, me me recording a show at four o'clock in the morning by <laughs> myself not ideal, because that was that was the case the other day. You know, I'm it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting in front of my computer <laughs> and as some of you referred to me as Barry White, as I was uh, I had a sleepy voice to start uh, that show. All right, I'm glad that wasn't just me. I I was like, you know what. I'm not gonna ask questions. I'm just gonna edit this. <laughs> well, and it apparently got better. Yeah, it did. But I mean, you know, no hiding, man. I, you know, yeah, I rolled out of bed and did that show. Like I said, guys, we we do this all for you. It's all for you. The solo shows. That's yeah. us saying, hey, look, we can't leave them high and dry. Right. We can't there's, do it. There's too much to talk about. There's just yeah. And it, and it's funny. We're in such a weird position right now as we get we get down the the stretch this year. Because we're not only monitoring the Avs in a playoff race, but we're monitoring the tank race at the same time. Yep. Literally every single game, every night, I'm looking at it, and the two questions I have are, how do they relate to the Avs playoff race? How do they relate to the Senators I told in you the 31st night, place? I, 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 just, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay the 50 bucks for NHL center ice so I can keep an eye on both of those things down the last, uh, down the last month here. Uh. Yeah, and it's you know it's going to be something we're going to be talking more about. We're going to be talking about regularly on the show, just kind of keeping updates with it. Uh, I know that there are going to be some people out there who are like, "Hey, I don't really care." That's fine. We uh, it's still going to happen. We've got our next draft show scheduled here for a couple weeks uh, uh, because yeah. it, we looked at the schedule and we think that'll be a soft spot where we can kind of talk about it. Because we obviously don't want to get too heavy into them. Two years ago, it was we were already knee deep in draft by now. Last year, we hadn't even touched it. This year, we get to kind of live in both worlds. Yeah, well, we have to. Right. We have because Ottawa is pretty much at this point is almost a a lock to be a bottom five team. You know, it, it would take an insane. It would it would take something surge. unlikely, but I'm not. You know, we we live in a, yeah. a world where St. Louis won bad 12 teams games do in a row. this every single year. At least one bad team every Buffalo? year goes on some weird run at the end of the season when they're eliminated from contention. They're all the pressure is off. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Okay, well, the season's over. The deadline is passed. There's no more tension about who's moving, who's staying." Somebody gets hot in the last 20 games, piles up 15 points that they don't need, and wrecks their draft position. 
There's absolutely a chance that it's going to be Ottawa this year, so we're going to keep looking at it. We're going to keep paying attention to it. Not as much as we pay attention to what goes on, obviously, with the Avs. That's obviously the primary focus. But when it comes to coming up with the shows and all this stuff, like we understand that there are people out there who want to hear about both sides of us. Yeah. Both the playoff race and all the Av stuff, it, as well as, oh my God, I'm so excited for the draft it, this it, year because we're going to have two first round picks. It's a unique position because you'll probably never cover another situation like this again. Yeah, this is this where, no, where it's, it's true. Where the team that you are following, covering, a fan of, pick pick your Whatever. adjective for for the Avs for however you follow the Avs, right? Yeah, and and you'll probably never have a team that has a chance to make the playoffs. And has almost, like you said, is almost and, locked into right. a top four and, pick. and has a viable shot with 18 games to go at the number one overall pick. Mm. Like, a year ago, we were joking about Jack Hughes. Mm. Today, like, the, the last, <laughs> rolling into the last day of February. It's not very funny. <laughs> there, there are four points separating Ottawa from second to last place. Like, right now, the Avs have a 35% chance at a top two pick which is where you want to be in this draft. That's the money. On that, it's now 12. I kept talking and completely ruined what we wanted to do. You will. And now I still got to. For me, I feel like I feel like because you've done a solo show and I've done a solo show and then Adrian's doing a show with a dope guest on Friday, it just feels like we haven't gotten to actually like have a pod. Yeah, it's uh, much this well, and, week. and we had a couple short segments, so I guess yeah. this makes up for it a bit here. And you know, like I did one with Andre last week, and it's yeah, but we love Dre. Yeah, I mean Dre's Dre's awesome. We're gonna try to get Dre back some more. All right, let's get out of here. It's it's late. It's way too late. BSN Avalanche Podcast for AJ Hayfley. I'm Jesse Montano. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>